Open up to, uh, I'm going to use two passages tonight, and uh, the first will be from Psalm 1, and the second will be from Matthew 11. But um, we've been in this series, and we're calling it Proximity, because there's nothing better than living our life in close proximity to Jesus, and uh, it's just what we should be doing. And uh, let's just read this Psalm 1. Yeah, I take off. I want to stay a little on track for a little while at least. Psalm 1. Psalm 1 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in its season, and his leaf does not wither, and whatever he does he prospers. So here, here's the revelation, and again, this part's review. But as a follower of Christ, we want to bear fruit, as we call it. It means that we want our life to count for something. And, and, and <laughs> basically, what we invest our life in, we want to see something good come from our life, whether it's our kids or those around us. We want to see good things come from our life. And, and this psalm starts out, it says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of wicked, nor sit or stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in all the Lord. It says, how blessed. It's, it's, uh, and, and sometimes when I read that verse, you can see, and, and you can see people squirm. It's like, well, uh, he's talking about God blessing us, and God really does want to bless his kids, okay? He really does, and if you don't like that, I'm sorry. I will take your blessings, and I'm okay with that. You don't have to take it. That's whatever. Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely the goodness of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life. And when it says, Surely the goodness of the Lord, it's really the blessings of the Lord. And when it says that, Surely the goodness of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life, the word following, it actually means, it's a hunting term, it's an archery term. It actually means that surely the goodness of the Lord, like, it's, it's like, or follow me all the days of my life. It means that he's going to hit his target every single time that he sets that's his mark on it. So in other words, all of you guys are in God's crosshairs, <laughs> and he is going to hit you, and he does want to bless his children. So how does he bless us? Well, he blesses us if we get planted next to streams of water, and that's really the revelation we've been kind of stuck in right here is, is he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in its season, and his leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Now, again, I've said this, this is actually a poor translation. It says that he's like a tree firmly planted by. The phrase firmly planted, well, first of all, firmly planted, before we get to the poor translation, firmly planted, it means this. It means transplanted. It means taken from one place to another place. It's an intentional planting. It's like when you give your life to Jesus, you've heard me say this, you give your life to Jesus, some of you haven't, so it's good I'm repeating this, but when you give your life to Jesus, it's, I was here in darkness, and I give my life to him, I surrender to him, I repent of my sins, and I decide to follow him, and he takes me out of darkness, and he places me, plants me in the kingdom of his marvelous light. It's an intentional planting from one place to another. To be transplanted actually means to be uprooted from one place and boom, dropped into another. And so he will be like a tree that was planted one place, but now is planted by another, which yields fruit in its season. That's the poor translation. 
in its season actually means that it perpetually bears fruit. In other words, that if we would get planted close to the Lord in proximity to Him, it actually says that we would continue to bear fruit, that we would continue to bear fruit, that we would continue to bear fruit. In other words, it would just be like this enormous blessing of God. You would see God do good things. Now, now I've been trying for 10 years to get planted by the Lord, and, and some of you are like, well, he's talking about the Lord blessing. Is he talking about cars and trucks and automobiles? Absolutely not, because I'm like, God, would you, boom, new pickup. No, it's not out there. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about peace and joy and comfort in the Holy Spirit tonight, okay? <laughs> so it means perpetually. It means always. It means continually. And so if we'd live in close proximity to God, we would bear fruit. We would actually see something good come from our life, okay? We would see something good come from our life. And the Lord desires to make us fruitful, right? He does. He desires to make us fruitful. He desires to bless us. He I, believe this, I believe He desires to bless His people with such a degree of peace and grace and joy and hope in the Holy Spirit that actually causes a holy jealousy to rise up in other people. And they're like, I can't quite put my finger on what's different about them, but I know I want it, right? And that's what this is all about. And He, he wants to use each one of us, and He wants to use us to bless others. And all He does, He want to use us to bless others. I believe that He wants to bless us to such a degree, that's we read it a few moments ago, that it actually blesses future generations. The decisions we make right now, it doesn't just, it doesn't just impact right now, it actually impacts our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids, the decisions that you make today. And that's what the Lord desires to do, bless us. So if we talk about being fruitful in our life, it's not so much about trying hard to have good fruit. I believe, I believe it's actually getting planted next to him. Okay, so fruit isn't a fruit issue. It's actually a where your nourishment and where your resources come from. James 4, 8 says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you is what God says. And so it's this weird thing where God says, if you'll draw near to me, I'm going to draw closer to you. And if I draw closer to you, you're going to draw closer to me. And it actually means this. When it says draw near, it means that he says get. <laughs> this is the most literal way I can describe this. It means close spatially. It means like God wants to get all up in your face. <laughs> he wants to get up. Sometimes you're like, we don't want someone any all up in our face, all up in our business. But that's what the Lord desires to do. And, and Moses, actually, we talked a few weeks ago. Moses has said that some of the prophets God spoke to through dreams and visions. But actually, Moses spoke mouth-to-mouth, face-to-face with the Lord. It's this close proximity that the Lord desires us to live in, and that's hard and that's uncomfortable because it's like if he gets that close or we get that close, what's he going to see? Well, what he's going to see is see something with value and potential and destiny. I can promise you this. Like Sometimes when we get in church settings that we get worried that we're going to... It's, it's... Oh, man. All right. <laughs> We worry about telling people, it makes me sick to my stomach when we say, if you do this and you do this and you do this, you're a good person or you're a good Christian. If you don't do this and you don't do this and you don't do this, you know, we turn into a list of do's and do nots. My, my 
problem with that is when it becomes about do and do not, it becomes a religion. And I'm sorry, religion is disgusting. I just really think it is. But if we would live in close proximity to God in a covenant relationship with Him, the do's and do nots really don't even matter anymore. Why? Because they're inconsequential. Because the only thing that's going to matter is that I'm here with Him and He's here with me. And if I'm here with Him and He's here with me, I, these other things that so many of us wrestle with and struggle with or these other things. I love it. She's bad to the bone. <laughs> We're talking about sin right now. Mary Kay's bad to the bone. <laughs> She's really mortified, I promise. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> you could not have planned that better. <laughs> you, didn't you didn't text your son and say, call her right now. It's about living in proximity to the Lord. And if we would live in proximity to God, we would bear fruit. And if we would bear fruit, it would change the moral climate of our families and of our neighborhoods and of our towns and of our cities and of our nation. And that's what it is. Like, I'm not, like, trust me. I'm not in this. I'm not doing what I'm doing. I know you all aren't doing what you're doing because it's because we just like to stand in front of people and hear our voices. I promise you that's not what it's about. I do this because I believe God wants to send the revival to such a degree that our kids don't know what it's like not to live in revival, right? So anyway, so the Lord desires us to bear fruit. And, and one of the things... I think fruit is a consequence of living close to him. And again, it's not so much of trying to have fruit. It's so much as being close to him. And so it's impossible for me to have fruit if I'm not near him. Because if I'm not near him, I'm going to be living in stress and anxiety and worry and doubt and fear. And so tonight I want to talk about the idea of rest. And, and when I say rest, I'm not talking about like... Like, I actually napped today for the first time in three weeks, and it was amazing. I've been so busy, and I'm one, I have no shame. I like to take at least a half an hour nap every single day, most of the time in my car when I'm waiting to pick him up. And I'm a much better human being with a nap and with morning coffee. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order, but, but, uh, but I'm a much better person. And... Uh, but I'm not talking about that kind of rest. I'm actually talking about today. I want to talk about this idea of rest would be like this. Like so many people, if, if I could give you a picture of what people live like, it's this. Right? Or when you tell them, sit down and relax. And, then, and it's like they got this, you know what I'm saying? They're just stressed out. And people so anxiety ridden and so worried. And, and it's like, I, I, I can't even rest because I have this, 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 this going. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. And the Lord desires, the Lord desires to give people rest. In other words, it's like this. If you could go, <sighs> that feeling right there. That's what the Lord desires, or that's how the Lord desires for his people to live. Why? Because then we could actually hear his voice. We could actually allow him to move through us. And the way we live our life would be so attractive to people who do not know him. that They may actually want a chance to know him. See, it's like my life isn't different than anyone else's. Like if I went out and walked the parking lot and went up to someone and said, what problems do you have? 
they're probably going to say the exact same things that any of us in this room have finances, right? Family. <laughs> you know, family, this or that or whatever. They're going to have the exact same problems. The difference is, the difference should be how we respond to those issues. And it's that idea of rest, right? So let's look at a really great passage. Because if we get rest, the Lord will allow us to bear fruit. Look at Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Very, um, probably a familiar passage. This is Jesus talking. Verse 28, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So, Jesus honestly desires for us to live in close proximity with him. That's why right here he says, come to me. He doesn't say, stay where you are, and I'll shout from across the room. By the way, there's nothing more annoying, by the way. Like, we live in an old house. It's a big house, and, and it drives me nuts because I can't hear anyway. And then April and Ethan will be talking to me on the other side of the home, on the other side of the home, or I'll be in the front pretty room where we drink our coffee, and she'll be in the back room or the back of the house in the kitchen, and she'll say something to me, and so I'm like, I'm sitting there reading, and I'm like, I don't know what she said, and so I'll go, what'd you say? And she's like, oh, I was singing, and I'm like, oh, okay, and so she wasn't even talking to me, and I had to walk across the house, <laughs> or sometimes it, it just, it's, 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 it just does no good to talk across long distances, it doesn't, and Jesus says, come to me. He says, I, I don't want to have to yell across the place. I don't have to do this. I actually just want you to come to me. It's, it's, such, this, it's such this beautiful picture. It, it means to approach me is what Jesus is saying. And, and he's very approachable. If, if you don't think he is, I want to correct you for just a moment tonight. Some of us um, have been so conditioned that we think that the Lord is mad and angry at you. And, and I, I struggle with that thinking. Yes, there's things, there's sins. I don't even need to point them out. Probably everyone in this room knows what you're doing wrong. So I don't need to point that out. I need to point you to Jesus. And so he says, come to me. And so many of us think that he's was sitting with his arms crossed, ready to chastise us. Like my dad never spanked me growing up. But if my dad did this, you know, I, I knew I was in for it because I was about to get the biggest butt ripping I've ever received in my life. That's what dad did. But Jesus, he's no, I think Jesus is saying, come to me. His arms are wide open. And he wants to love you and embrace you. And then he ends up changing you. And proximity has always been his intention. It's always been his plan. It has never been, <laughs> he's there and we're here. It's, it's always been, I want to be amongst them. That's why, if you will, look at, I want to go back and forth between Matthew 11 and Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, really 2 and 3, you have this beautiful picture of creation. And in Genesis 3, you get these two verses that really give a picture of what I believe was God's original intent, which was Genesis 3, 8. It says this, They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
So every day Yahweh, every day God would come to the garden and he would walk with Adam and Eve. And, and when they say he would walk with Adam and Eve, like he literally walked amongst them. Why? So that he could talk and converse with them. That's what the Lord has always desired. It, it, it isn't he's there somewhere out way far away and we're here. He desired his original plan, his original intention was to walk hand in hand with each and every one of us. And that's really hard to understand, especially if you think he's an angry God. Because he's not. He's a loving God that actually sent his son to die for your sins, to restore that. Jesus said he came to seek. Jesus came so that he may seek and save not who was lost, but that which was lost is what the Bible says. What was lost? That walking in the cool of the day. It's really good. I promise. Okay. It says that they heard a sound. They heard a noise. They heard the voice of God. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This is really amazing, too. By the way, the phrase cool, it actually means wind, breath, or spirit. And so here's the father walking, wanting to walk with them, and the spirit is there as well. And I don't, that's hard to wrap my mind around, but that's a rabbit trail. But anyway, it's this really neat thing. And what would it look like? What would it look like? I was asking myself this week, what would it look like if we got rid of all the distractions in our life? And we just said, Lord, I just want to walk with you. Whatever that looks like for me, I just want to walk with you. I want to talk to you, and I believe that you're going to talk back to me. What would it look like, God, if I cleared everything and we just said, wherever I'm at, it's going to be the garden. <laughs> and wherever I step my feet at, it's going to be the garden, and you're going to be right there with me. And I'm going to walk with you just like you desired originally to do so. I believe that we would begin to hear his voice to such a degree <laughs> that we'd never settle for anything less. I promise that. The problem is, is that we hide ourselves because that's what they did. It says the man and the wife hid themselves <laughs> from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The word, when it says they hid themselves, it meant that they concealed themselves. It actually meant that they, they covered themselves. And we know that they covered their nakedness with leaf. It actually means, it'd be like this. It'd be like walking into the room and your kid's like, Phoom, and pulls the blanket over and they're like, you can't see them, right? <laughs> and actually you can see them, but they're just covered up. It means that they concealed themselves. It means that, it means that they actually moved out of the way. They thought, okay so he's going to walk right here let's let's go all the way over here and move out of the way because then maybe he will not see us and so the problem is is that we do that why uh, because we are filled with guilt and shame and condemnation of the stuff that we think that we've done wrong so they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord actually means they hid themselves from the face of God And, and I'm, I, I don't consider myself an expert. I've just been doing this for about 11 years now. And, and most of the time, people who are far from God, it's, it's because of this, that something has happened in their life that they're so filled with guilt and shame and condemnation for that they think that there's no way he would take them back. And that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. Because uh, we just sang that song. There's no, oh, I'm going to butcher it. But anyway, we just sang that reckless love song. 
There's no mountain he would climb up for you, wouldn't climb up for you. I mean, he, he's, he's going to... He's, he's not... Again, I don't believe he's disappointed. I believe he says, if he would just come to me, I'm going to fix all this. All right. Distance from Jesus, so the opposite of proximity would be distance. Distance from him leads to burnout, leads to wearisome, leads to tiredness, if that's even a word, right? Exhaustion. It, it says, come to me, Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. It actually means to all who have worked or toiled to exhaustion. It means all who have labored, all who have given effort, all who are tired, all who have lost heart, all who are emotionally fatigued. There's a lot of people that are emotionally fatigued today. It's, it's, it's like, I can't even deal with this. I don't have the bandwidth with this because this happened, this happened, this happened. I'm just, I'm just, I, I just need to go check out for a little bit so I can be okay. And, and this is who he came for. All all who are emotionally fatigued, it actually can mean this. All who are weary means all who are discouraged. And I don't know about you, but I'm not impervious to it, discouragement. Because sometimes it happens. Sometimes people say stupid stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about, right? Or, or sometimes things happen. I'm like, can I not catch a break? He says that all who are discouraged, he came for. All who are heavy laden actually means this. It's like when you get discouraged is what weary means. And heavy laden means that it's like it keeps getting put on you. It keeps getting put on you. It keeps getting put on you. And what happens is you get weighed down by life. You're like, I can't even move forward anymore because I'm so weary and I'm so burdened by the weight of this guilt and shame and condemnation that's been put on my life. And the Lord says, if you would just come to me, I not only want to forgive you. I not only want to remove that, but I'm going to take it from you. I'm going to put something on you that's a much lighter, much better, much more free. That's what he's talking about here tonight. All right. Genesis 3.10, it says, he said, I heard the sound of you. This is Adam. I'm jumping back and forth. I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid myself. <laughs> I looked up naked. <laughs> Means he was naked. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's funny to say it. Anyway, but also could mean this too, that he's naked does mean without clothes, but it actually could mean this as well, that I felt exposed from my guilt and my shame. <laughs> because Adam and Eve, they had hid themselves from the Lord, they began to feel this guilt and shame. And we... Sometimes, again, we do the same thing. We hide ourselves, and then guilt and shame builds up, so we hide ourselves even more. And then more guilt and shame builds up, and then we hide ourselves some more, and then guilt and shame gets put on, right? And the next thing you know, it's been a lifetime before you've talked to the Lord because you think he's upset with you, and I can promise you he's not. He's ready. All right. And this last point, folks, <laughs> maybe, I lied, it's two more. <laughs> Proximity, it leads to freedom. 
if distance leads to being weighed down and encumbered, proximity actually leads to freedom. It says, verse 9, Then the Lord, this is Genesis 3, 9, Then the Lord called to him and said, Where are you? Sometimes when I'm at functions, April will call me and say, where are you? You should have left a long time ago, right? But this actually means this. It says, when the Lord called to the man, the Lord actually said this. I don't know if I have it in me or not. He said, where are you? It actually means he yelled and he shouted at the top of his lungs, which is mind-boggling to think. How loud could the Lord actually shout and holler for us? But anyway, it means to shout, it means to cry out, it means to summon. And so here's the Lord, and he knows all things. He knows everything. You can't conceal everything from him. I think he was just trying to prove a point. But he comes down to walk with him in the cool of the day, and he says, Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? Where are you? Where, where are they? And I picture the Lord saying this over each and every person that we come in contact to with every single day. I picture the Lord saying this to me on July 15, 2007, saying, Michael, where are you? And I finally responded to him. And when you respond to him, he says, where are you? Because he wants to set us free. Right. <coughs> he says, where are you? So why did he shout to him? Because he knows that hiding from him leads to more bondage. It leads to more guilt and shame. And again, his desire is to walk with us in the cool of the day. Why? So that we can enjoy his company and his pleasure and his presence. And so we don't get weighed down by the things that like to weigh us down. He actually says this. Jesus said to Matthew 11, he says, Come me all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Rest means to cease from labor. It means to cease from movement. It actually means that, that you cease from labor and movement so that you can recover your strength. Some of us are so tired and weary and burn out that we have no time, we have no energy, and it's like, oh, I've got to get out of bed again, and I go through my day, and I just want to go lay back down because I'm so spent, and I'm not talking about physically spent, I'm talking about spiritually and emotionally spent. And he says, you'll recover your strength, you'll actually become refreshed, is what the word rest means. It's a similar word to what we read in Luke 24, 49, when Jesus says, go and tarry, go and wait in the city, go get seated in a relaxed posture, and then you'll receive power from on high. It's, this, it's just waiting for him. And as we do this, he begins to refresh us. And, and it's just this abusive, beautiful, beautiful thing. I believe the Lord is crying out right now saying, those who are emotionally Fatigue, those who are spiritually fatigued, those that are physically exhausted, those that are tired and burnt out on dead religion, I am here for you and I want you to come and enter into my presence. I want you to come and live in close proximity with me. Even if we don't understand exactly what all that's going to entail, He desires it so that He can give us rest and He desires to release the rest. He desires to release refreshing. He desires to release recovery and healing and his desire I promise you his desire is not that you live emotionally and spiritually feeling beat up and thumped all the days of your life it's actually to be like 
It's, like, it's my favorite verse right now for the last six months. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I'm God. It's, it's sink down as if you were sitting and rest and trust and know that Yahweh is in control. And then the last thing that happens when we live in proximity is it actually means we take on Jesus' yoke. And, and let me explain this. Verse 29, it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. He's meek and I am humble. It means he's Lowly, and we've talked about this before, but so many of us think that Jesus is coming from us from this position, like, ah, I'm just so mad. And I believe that's what we think. And Jesus actually comes up like this. Do you see the difference? He's lowly, he's meek, he's humble, he's kind. And then 1 John 4 17 says that as he is, so are we in this world. Passion translation actually says, as he is right now, so are we in this world. And that would mean that our job isn't to, ha, our job is to. So he's lowly, he's humble, he's meek. He said, I'm humble in heart and you will find rest, recovery for your souls. For my yoke is easy. It actually, when he says my yoke is easy, it actually means my yoke is good, it's kind, it's benevolent. We talked about this. It means that it's going to benefit you and benefit others if you take this upon you. My burden is light. It's insignificant. Now, most of you, I'm sure you do. This is Kentucky. So we know farming stuff. But a yoke, they had two oxen side by side. And the yoke essentially went around one neck of one ox and the neck of another ox. And so they would go together and they would turn together. And, and if they tried to go opposite ways, they'd just, right? It would, have, it, would have done, it would have jarred them up pretty good. And Jesus is saying, the stuff that's weighed you down, the stuff that's put guilt and shame and condemnation on you, it's actually a yoke. And it's actually pretty jarring. And it's actually so heavy that you can't even go through life anymore. You can't even, it's like this. It'd be like the oxen just finally gets so tired and just says, I'm done. Like, I, I know when we were growing up, we had horses, and sometimes the horse would just be, it was done, right? And when it was done, it was done. It didn't lay down. It just stopped. My dad gets so mad that it would just stop right there because it was tired. And I think that's a picture of us. Sometimes we get so weighed down by everything, we just, I, I'm just done. I'm done, right? And Jesus says, if you would just take that, allow me to take that from you, and I'm going to give you my yoke. And my yoke is connected to me, and I want you to be connected with me. And guess what? My yoke, this thing I'm going to put around you, it's living in proximity with him, actually, is what it is. This thing that I want to put around you, it's pretty light. And actually, it's going to be for your benefit. It's going to, it's, it's going to not only benefit you, but it's going to be benevolent. It's going to benefit others as well. If you would just take this upon you. And I know, I know that it seems like it's so hard. Because again, we've turned following Jesus into a list of do's and do nots. And, and, it's, and it does seem cumbersome. It does seem burdensome. When I was like, oh, I can't do this and this and this. 
No, it's about following him. And then I think those things, those things become inferior and they don't even matter anymore because I'm connected to him. And if he's turning, I'm going to turn with him. And if he does this, I'm going to turn with him. And if he stops, I'm going to stop with him. And if he goes forward, I'm going to go forward with him. Why? Because I've decided to take his yoke upon me and follow him all the days of my life. And it's pretty neat, too, because he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. <laughs> so I just happen to think that if he's turning, he's telling me why we're turning. Knucklehead, <laughs> hey, I need you to do this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if Jesus calls me a knucklehead, but I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit has. <laughs> he says, just do this. Why? Well, it doesn't really matter. Just do this. And I do this. Like, oh, this is why you want me to do that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I wish you'd have figured that out earlier, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm making light, but you get the picture. He desires us to live this way. And I believe, I believe that the most fruitful way we can live our lives is if we decide to live in proximity to him. We get planted next to him. We say, I'm not going anywhere unless you go there. I'm not going to say anything unless you say it first. I'm tired and I'm wore out. I'm done just, especially today's culture, man. It's like I, I, we have all these little social media apps with all these filters and we show people all the highlights and inside so many people just dying inside. It's like, do I gotta fake it for one more selfie? Give me a break, dude. Jesus desires to give you freedom tonight.